Hi, welcome to Leadership with Randy. I'm Randy Powell. Today you're listening to Lessons on Leadership, our weekly conversation with inspiring people sharing some of the stories and lessons from their journey. I don't know who that gentleman was. I couldn't find him again. And it's, it was, it's like, why was this person here to help me at that particular moment? There's a lot of people he could have helped, but he chose me. And, and I still wonder who that, who that guy was. And just being there, you never know what moment that when you help somebody, it's such a small thing like that, how it will change their life and other people's lives. And Our guest today is Nick White, who takes us on a journey of courage and determination as he challenges himself to his first triathlon. There's so many lessons in how Nick learns to face his fears and push himself on, and how others came along at just the right moment with a word of encouragement to help him achieve his dreams. I'm inspired to know you will be too when you hear of Nick's journey. Let's go talk with Nick. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone today. And it's uh, awesome to spend time with Nick White, who happens to live uh, very close to me. And we uh, probably pass each other running at times in the dark. But but <laughs> Nick's had an awesome story that we got to spend time talking about a few months ago uh, about just embarking on the idea of, uh, of running a triathlon. And, and he had so many life lessons from that journey, both just in the inspiration to go train for it. And then the lessons he learned along the way and the great people who stepped along the way to encourage him to keep going. It was, there were so many things that I just, uh, thought applied to so many aspects of life and resilience and, uh, and building resilience and grid and business and in our community and in our family relationships. And I invited Nick to come on and share a little bit of that journey. And so, um, welcome Nick. Why don't we, uh, go back and talk pre triathlon, you know, talk about some of the things you've been doing in life and some of your journey and then what inspired you to, uh, Go put yourself through that grueling uh, run and bike and swim uh, to go test your metal. And uh, and what have you learned from that? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks everyone for taking time for the presentation this morning. It's been nice to meet you all and uh, very excited to do the conversation this morning. But I grew up playing soccer and, and golf and was, was pretty active through that point. And then as, as I moved along in life, I was married at uh, 21 years old, kids at 25. So we've been raising them, coaching them in soccer, doing a lot of different things. But the the one area that I, I didn't focus on is uh, exercise growth. And so I started to, to run half marathons in 2010 and absolutely loved doing those. Did about 10 of them, uh, let some time slip by. And ultimately what, what happened was, is right behind me, you'll see this quote on this chalkboard. I'm sitting in our, our home right now. And and I saw this quote in about 2000 and probably 16, where it set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you become the person who can. And it just stuck with me. And so what my wife does is this is in our dining room. She'll write different quotes for our family. And, and so today we thought it was very uh, important to put this particular quote for the, for the presentation. Ever since I saw that quote, I, I got to thinking about what is a goal? I've always maybe held back a little bit from, okay, I don't want to run a full marathon or I don't want to do something else. Maybe I'm not that person yet. So how do I become that person? And I saw this quote and that's really what, 
what stuck with me. But back in June of 2017, came back from a family vacation that we've been on for about 30 years and just feeling a little sluggish, haven't done much exercise in a while. And I was just scrolling through Facebook and, and saw one of my friends who had just completed an Ironman. And I had no idea what an Ironman was, but it was super inspiring because the live stream, he was crossing the finish line. I haven't talked to this guy in 10 years. And I called out to the living room to my wife and I said, I'm going to do an Ironman. She said, what is that? I said, I have no idea, but it looks really cool. Let me look it up. And so it was a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a 26 mile run at the end. She's like, you're crazy. She's like, you've never done a triathlon. Why would you do something like that? Maybe scale back slightly. And it went back to this quote that's behind me here, setting that goal so big that you can't achieve it. I, I definitely was not the person who could achieve that goal that day, but decided at that moment I was going to try to do something completely different. So I ended up signing up for a half Ironman, which is half the distance, 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike and a 13 mile run on the end. Signed up for that race with a close friend of mine who always wanted to do one. And that was really the beginning of the journey towards triathlon. I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, I just started a brand new job in sales. So right at the same time, half Ironman, new sales job. Here we go. Let's try to figure this out. As the process went along, uh, 2017 was really the prep year. I heard anything from, why are you doing this race? Who are you trying to, to impress? To, I had every excuse in the book. I have an old pair of worn out running shoes. I don't own a bike. I don't know anything about nutrition, all that. But I did spend about six to nine months trying to figure that out. And it, and it was difficult to go through the different process of that area. I was, I was planning on doing a race here in Kansas City in May, uh, Mother's Day. So the first race was in July. So two months before, two or three months before the race. And, and I decided that I should go play adult soccer and try to get in shape a little bit more. As I was doing that, I ended up tearing my calf. So here we are two months out. What am I doing? I, I was injured. I couldn't race. I did go to the race to watch because uh, I wanted to get a little bit of information. So what now is staring me in my in in my future is my first ever triathlon is a 70.3 race. I was nervous. I was scared. And as we drove to Muncie, Indiana in 2018, this is really where everything changed. And I'll show you a picture here of the swim start. Well, this, this was actually the, the training part of the bike and the wetsuit and the triathlon kit there you can see in the middle and the running shoes. What's interesting about this picture is this was, this was all the prep right before the race. And as time goes on, I've completed uh, several races since. I look back on this picture and I look how simple it was where I didn't have all the additional items that are thrown at me from a marketing perspective or this or that. And, making it more complicated goes along. And sometimes I think about if I just go back to how simple this picture was, is really I had everything in that picture that I needed to complete the race. So I thought that was, that was somewhat interesting there. This is the, the swim start. And you'll see I'm standing on the shore of a reservoir in Munstee, Indiana. And you'll see the little 
white buoys that towards the bottom of the screen, the little black and white buoys there, that's the swim beach. Out farther are the yellow buoys and each one of those yellow buoys is about a hundred meter swim. So if, if you can see way out in the distance, there's a little red one, that's about 700 meters out, out there. And then we would go to the right 400 meters and then come back another 700. When I first saw this, it, it just made my heart drop. And was like, how am I going to be able to swim that far? I've never done that in my life. Day before I was wearing a wetsuit or I was able to wear a wetsuit thinking, okay, this is going to be my safety vessel as I go out there. Cause it's really difficult to get in trouble in a wetsuit because it acts as a flotation device. So the day before, as they're doing the speech to everybody, they said, hey, the water temperature tomorrow is going to be very warm, which means it's going to be over 76.1, which is wetsuit legal is under 76.1. Christian, probably about 80 degrees. You're more than welcome to wear a wetsuit. But if you do, you'll most likely overheat and you're going to be towards the back of the race. So at that moment, I had to decide whether I was going to wear that wetsuit or take, or take that safety vest off and swim without it. So I did at that moment, I decided I'm going to go ahead and buy a swim skin, which is basically like a wrestling singlet, put it over me, no buoyancy value at all, but it just gave me that safety net. So race day, I'm standing on the beach, ready to start swimming. As we go out, you'll see the, the yellow buoys to the left. Deep personnel, you have kayaks and stand up paddle boards and other vessels out there in case you do get into trouble and people do that you can raise your hand. They'll come, they'll come get you or you can swim to those and your race can be done or you can continue on as you want. As I was standing on the, on the beach, getting ready to start with 2,500 other racers, I was, I was, I was truly scared and I swam out to about 150 meters and as close to a panic attack that I think I've ever had, I had it at that moment. My heart was racing. I felt like my race day was done. I put in six months of training. My family is there. My boys are there. Uh, wife, parents, everybody made the time to drive to Indianapolis or actually yeah, to, to Muncie, which is 12 hours. At that moment, I just had to make a decision of, do I continue this race? Or do I go back and I can have all the excuses in the world? It's okay. You know, I, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. And I decided at that moment that I was going to change my entire race and ultimately ended up changing my life. As I moved forward from that 150 meters, I composed myself and I swam to the first kayak and stopped. And which is legal during the races, you can stop and talk to them. And they said, are you okay? And I said, yes, I just need to compose myself. So I did that, adjusted my goggles, and then I swam to the next kayak, which is another 100 meters. So my entire race turned into surviving the swim. And that was 100 meters at a time, which I thought was doable. Looking back um, seven, eight months ago, prior to this moment of the 150 meters into the swim, I didn't know how to swim. I had a fear of deep water. These were all things that, how do I overcome this moment? Also, in order to finish the swim in this race, you have to finish in an hour and 10 minutes. So as I'm out there worried about drowning, worried about, am I going to finish the race in time? Worried about, I told my boys, no matter what, I will finish this race. All those things came into my mind and I kept going. 
And you'll see about halfway out there where the trees are, the little red buoy, which is really hard to see in this picture. But to the right, I looked at my watch and I said, okay, I'm, I'm now here at, at a point where I can finish the swim. And I came around the swim towards the back, about 400 meters from the shore. I couldn't see anything. The sun was in my eyes. Once again, here, how am I going to get to the finish line? I had no idea where the finish line even was. And I asked the people on the kayaks and the, the paddle boards, I said, how far? And they're like, well, it's just right up there. And I'm glad they said it was just right up there, even though it's still 400 meters away and probably about 10 minutes of swimming. Um, I got to the next one, where am I? And they said, you know, you're almost there, you're almost there. The encouragement of the volunteers during that swim and getting through that swim and actually having my feet hit sand as I came out of the water was probably one of the most proud moments I've ever had for myself personally, because I just overcame the lack of knowing how to swim, the, the fear of deep water, the fear of doing something new. And the grin on my face was, was so big and so excited. My kids were right there and I saw them as we ran along. And I'm gonna stop this share here. So as, as I came out of the water, ran through, got onto the bike, learned a lot of late, learned a lot of lessons on the actual swim. I completed the swim in 58 minutes and 55 seconds. So it was under, so 12 minutes less than what I needed to to continue on in the race. Next up was the bike. Uh, 56 miles, super excited, a lot of adrenaline running. Uh, as I hit about mile 20 on the bike, they have different aid stations along the way. And I stopped and I met this lady and she said, do you need anything? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I would, I'd love a banana or something like that. So she gave me a half a banana and I said, you know, another thing is the side of my neck right here feels like it's burnt. And she's like, okay, no worries. I have some aerosol sunscreen. And I said, okay, yeah, can you go ahead and spray it there? And she sprayed that. And it was like putting aerosol into an open wound. And I had no idea what it was. I was like, ah, you know, this, this, this hurts. What it was is from the swim skin that I purchased the day before, which I had never trained with. I was swimming going along and it kept rubbing right on my neck. So I had, wor had worn uh, an open wound essentially. And I said, just hit it again with some sunscreen. So I, that was a little interesting spot as I, as I went along. So from there, the lesson learned was I bought the swim skin the day before, but I'd never trained with it, never used it. I never was ready. So a lot of things in life, you know, where it's like, okay, go out on the bike, try some new things and um, as, as you go along. So that, that was, a tough spot, but the bike went great the rest of the way, finished in 17 minutes, came out of the bike, went into the transition too, took the bike helmet off everything. And then I went over, put on some sunscreen, ready to go for the, for the final leg. High fives to my family. Everybody's excited. And like, oh, you've got this. And I'm thinking, oh, I have this. And then a quarter of the mile into the run, everything stopped, literally hit the wall. And I'd never hit the wall like I had hit, hit it that day. And my body said, you're done. There's no way you can go anymore. Looking back on it, I failed. They call it the fourth part of triathlon is nutrition. So I've now been exercising for about five hours. And all I've really ingested is a half a banana and a little bit of water. So that was, if, if I kind of equate that to a regular work day, it's like we're not eating from the minute we go to work until one o'clock. I don't know about you guys, but I get I get pretty grumpy about one o'clock if I haven't eaten anything during the day. So 
it was it was the wrong recipe for me as I moved along. So now I'm staring 13 miles in my way to finish this race. My thoughts again are, here we are. I've told my boys, no matter what, I'll finish and I'll go across that finish line. As I, as I go forward, it became a walk and a run and a community of people on this super hot day. There was no sun, or sorry, there was full sun, no shade, down by a reservoir. You can imagine, walk outside, you know, this morning, it's, it's very similar. As I was at mile, so fast forward to mile six and a half, I was hanging my head. I was really struggling. Nothing left in the tank. It was the, it was the turnaround point. And I saw an ambulance. And I thought, you know, I think my race could be done right now. I could go to the ambulance. I could sit in there. I could take an IV. It's air conditioned. All these negative thoughts, all these things that were coming in that I had to fight for hours to keep them out of my head. So I continued to go uh, finish this race. A gentleman came up to me at mile six and a half, and this was a major turning point in my life too. He came up to me and said, are you okay? And usually I always say, yes, I'm fine. You know, from human nature, I'm good. I'm good to go. That day I said, no, I'm, I'm not. And he goes, yeah, I could tell you're really struggling. And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to get through this race. And at this point, we're pouring ice down the front of our shirt. We're taking ice sponges. We're being sprayed with water. And he said, you're not going to finish this race unless you take this salt. And all of my racing for all my life, never trying to think new on race day. And I said, no, you know, I think I'm going to be okay. And he goes, no, you have to take this salt. And he stayed with me for a mile or two, which is extremely rare in a race. But now we are at the back of the race for sure at this point. And everybody's coming together to try to help complete the race. And I said, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll take some of that salt. So it's just in a little salt tube. And you just turn it up, lick your finger, turn it upside down, stick it on the side of your tongue, and you go forward. That, that moment right there really changed the trajectory of my entire triathlon for the next four years. I don't know who that gentleman was. I couldn't find him again. And it's, it was, it's like, why was this person here to help me at that particular moment? There's a lot of people he could have helped, but he chose me. And, and I still wonder who that, who that guy was. And it was, my wife is, she's like, yeah, I don't know. She's like, it was just a weird deal where he was meant to be there at that moment to help you. So like Randy mentioned in his comments before, just being there, you never know what moment that when you help somebody, it's such a small thing like that, how it will change their life and other people's lives. And as we're going along, there's another younger guy walking along with me and we're trying to finish the race. And he said, hey, do you want some of the salt? And he's like, yeah. So we went side by side, finishing with the salt. Ambulances were running at this point. My family's scared. They're like, where is he? He started off so strong. Uh, ended up about a half mile out. My oldest son came out and he was checking on me with my dad and just like, hey, making sure you made it. And at that moment, a half mile out gave me a lot of energy. Somehow found to, to race towards the finish line. And I'll show you one of my favorite pictures here. This was right before the finish line. Uh, and I stopped, you know, see the supporters here. That's my youngest son, Emmett, right there, giving me my hug. My mother-in-law to the left of the picture, my father-in-law 
to the left of her. And what's interesting in this picture is you'll see in the bottom left on, on my calf, you'll see the number 36. Well, that's the age. So what they do, which I think is really neat, it shows the age of all the racers. Well, I was blessed a little bit that day because somebody turned that six upside down. So I was really 39 racing, doing this race. But the inspiring part of that is I would see 70 years old. I would see 18 years old. You would see everything, every body shape and size. And everybody's out there on that one day just trying to accomplish a personal goal for themselves. So I was, I was really lucky that the photographer caught that picture. And it's uh, one of my most proud, proud moments right there. So as we, as we continue along, race, race finishes, uh, finish the race in seven hours and 45 minutes and still only ate that half a banana through the race. I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. As, as we move forward, I've, I've raced 2019, raced Waco, Texas. 2019 also raced Traverse City. 2020 was planning on racing Des Moines, was pushed to just on June 20th, Father's Day. And so I raced about a month ago. My, it, was, it was really pretty special. I was, I was racing on behalf of a local charity here in Lewisburg called Drown Out Cancer. I partnered with the individual that gave me the, the salt in Muncie at that moment, I looked at that race tube, tube that he gave me of salt. And there's a company called Base Performance out of Colorado. I had no idea who they were. I uh, reached out to him and said, man, this was really neat that one of your ambassadors gave me some of the salt. Well, six months later, I joined that race team and have been part of the team for about three years now. Fast forward to June of 2020, this or June of 2021, sorry, the race just a couple of weeks ago, I ended up racing on behalf of Drown Out Cancer with a race kit that was created by Base Performance. I'll show you this race kit here. So Drown Out Cancer local charity, um, the individual, there's two individuals who started the charity. One of them passed away from cancer in his upper thirties. And before he passed away, he uh, started this charity with his wife and, and I heard about that. And I was like, you know, I want to, I want to race something bigger than just racing my normal kit. So base performance helped me create this, this kit that I was able to race in and to further drive down the importance of this race kit is that my father-in-law is currently battling stage four bladder cancer. So he was able to be at that race and as the, the sorry the Des Moines race started the race there's a little bit of story on that one where uh, race was great race was delayed three hours due to rain in the morning so the race uh, we were able to do our full swim progressed significantly over four years had a great swim bike was great started to do the run I was feeling fantastic about man I'm, I'm running on drown out cancer on behalf of them I'm running on behalf of my father-in-law who was able to make it to the race it's my son's 18th birthday it's father's day all these things were going on 20 people came up to Des Moines to support the race and at mile nine I don't know if anybody gets migraines on this group but uh, I started to get a migraine where 
my, what happens for me is that I start to lose vision in my right eye. And, and as I'm running, I'm feeling it coming on and there's a lot of pressure on my chest. I'm getting completely nervous. So now I, I get to the mile 10 aid station. So I'm three miles out. As I'm sitting there, I, I actually stopped, sat in a aid station, sat down and the volunteers were unbelievable. I asked one of the ladies, can you please text my wife, tell her I'm gonna finish this race. I'm struggling, I have a migraine. Typically a migraine for me is you take three or four Advil, you find a dark room, you close your eyes and you try to get some sleep. All that were unavailable at that moment. So I had to decide at that moment, very similar to uh, the race in Muncie, do I continue or do I stop? I was truly nervous. I seriously thought about stopping, but then I thought to myself, you know, my father-in-law had on his cancer. He's at the finish line. I have to get up and move. So 15 minutes later, I did get up. I started walking. Uh, the volunteers, like I say, were, were unbelievable. They helped with ice packs. They helped with Coca-Cola that you could drink during the race. I moved along. I found another, another guy about two miles from the finish line came up to me and asked me how I was doing. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm going to finish this race. And I said, how are you? And he said, this is my first race. I, and at that moment, all the worries, all my thoughts about how bad I was feeling turned to my Muncie race, that there was a gentleman there that helped me. So I want to help this person complete their first race. We talked for a couple hours. Uh, people were struggling along the race, but we did make it towards the end. And and just said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to finish this race together? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So we found some uh, energy in the last 30 minutes. We or sorry, the last half mile we ran. I don't know where we found that from finished the race. And it was another super exciting moment where I didn't know if I was going to finish this. Come to find out my father-in-law, it was super important to him and he had to take some naps during the day. Uh, because of the stage stage of cancer. And he said, you know what? I need to be there at that finish line. I want to be there. And so it just showed me that I needed to continue that race. And, and I'm so glad I didn't stop and finish the race to be there, to have that moment with him to where it just all kind of came full circle. So here we are three to four years later. I've learned a lot of lessons. It's helped me in, in business. It's helped me in, with my family. And I'll show you the one last picture here. That was the, the finish line of Des Moines wearing that, that race kit, but uh, quite a journey. I've, I've learned a lot, a lot of lessons. A lot of people have helped me along the way. I couldn't have done it without friends, family. Uh, and I'm, I didn't know when I first started where triathlon would take me, but I knew it could only be good. And, and here we are today talking. I would have never had this opportunity without uh, – without finishing that first race. So, so thank you for the time and very nice to meet you all. Well, that's just an incredible story, Nick. There's, there's like a hundred stories in there that are incredible stories. Um, if any of you have any questions for Nick, uh, type it in the chat and we'll unmute. Um, I think one of the big things, you know, that just jumps out throughout your journey is how many times someone else's encouragement kept you going, 
Yeah. And, and just talk a little bit about what that means, you know, uh, to you, you know, at the time and then looking back afterwards, you know, to have someone, even a stranger, just step in and do just the right thing at just the right time. Yeah. It's, you know, I look back on those moments and I don't remember a lot of stuff over the years. There's so many moments, but these are completely etched in my mind. I mean, I remember exactly how I was feeling. I remember exactly how, how the, how the people were helping me at that moment. And going forward, I'm trying to do that for other people, those small moments, how can I help them? And it's completely changed my view. It's completely changed uh, my business, uh, my family relationships, and it's it's pretty amazing. How has some of this translated into work? You know, your lessons from the the triathlon. How's that translated into how you approach work differently? Before, I'd say I was more nervous, more concerned, uh, more. I probably overanalyzed things before going into the meetings and, and it's just, it's helped me understand that, you know, you, you just finished a race. That's super tough. You can go in and you can meet with anybody. You can talk to people, you can help people. And, and that's, that's been a huge, huge change. Just the confidence level that I've been able to, um, to use and also helping other people as we're going along. It's like, you know, it may seem like a major deal at the moment, but in the end, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. We just need to go out there and meet new people and, and really enjoy it. Let's go to Joel. Hey, Nick, good to see you. Thanks hey, for Joel. sharing today. Um, I've heard some of it, but not all of it. And uh, Randy kind of touched on a few things there with the, uh, how strangers have come into your life and helped on things. Um, so some of those hard moments when you add them into business, have they helped you in sales? Um, maybe looking at things that prior to these experiences would have been difficult. And now you're just kind of like, well, it can't ever be as bad as the migraine I had at mile nine, some of those type of things. Yeah. So, so what's interesting, great question is when I first started doing triathlon, I was just, just right before triathlon and sales, I was in a, a manager leadership role and I had a lot going on. A lot of, I was, it, it, I decided at that moment that I've always wanted to do sales and I, I made that jump at the same time. So going forward into, into the sales Yes, everybody told me sales scary. Scale sales is so hard. Sales is so difficult, and, and yes, it is. But I don't have the fear or of going out and meeting new people or helping others or reaching out to Joel. Hey, Joel, who do you know? Or Randy reaching out to you as you know, like we had our lunch. Hey, looks like we're you know we have some mutual acquaintances. Just just the confidence level from before that anything is possible to go out there and talk to people, and then. And then I found based on the type of work that I do, how it is, how it truly does help people makes it even better. And, and I can tell these stories and, and walk through it and, and, and absolutely love it. Thank you. 
you know, when we uh, first talked about this, you know, I walked away and was reflecting on it later that you didn't really go out and, and run a triathlon. You, you swam a hundred meters and then you swam another hundred meters. And it really was a testament to a lot of life as these small victories. Yeah. And you just pieced together a whole bunch of small victories that became a triathlon. <laughs> Uh, have you ever looked back at that of, of just, you know, how you lay out your goals for work or the community or your family? And it's really, it's, it can look big and ominous and, and too much, but if you break it down into achievable parts, like you did, it changes your approach. Yeah. Great, great points. And, and I do do that. It's, I've, I've looked in, at my sales goals that I have every year and I do break those down. I break them down to small steps, small introductions. And as each introduction goes along, then that ultimately will drive sales in the future. But you're right. If I looked at 70.3 miles and I, and every time I stand on the shore of the race day, I don't think, Oh my gosh, I got to do 70.3 miles because I think that'd be super intimidating. I think I need to swim to that first buoy, second buoy, third buoy all the way around. And then it's mile by mile on the bike mile by mile on the run and all of a sudden 70.3 miles that are completed. And I do the same thing in my job. It is, it has, it, it taught me because as I was starting sales and triathlon at the same time, it was kind of interesting. It was teaching me lessons on both sides that just, and I've had people say it takes a while in sales, just you have to be patient and same thing on triathlon. It's weird how similar they both are, but every day I do set minor goals knowing that if I do these couple things every day, it will go towards a bigger goal. And yeah, it's actually, it's very similar. So what has all this inspired you to think about next? What's the next thing? <laughs> more triathlons, more Ironman uh, out there ahead? So I always said I'd do minimum five. So I'm at, I'm at four. I'm not sure where the fifth one will be. Uh, most likely it'll turn into endurance running is my next thought the 50 100 mile races somewhere somewhere like that uh, so we'll see I'll, I'll, I'll keep you tuned but it, it'll definitely be something i'm not i'm not sure and what's your son learned from this from from watching you battle and compete and go through this pain and and have the resilience and the determination to push through the pain and get through anyways what what's he taken away from this yeah, all the all those things that you just just mentioned, he has, and I think a lot of things he hasn't. So he'll be a freshman in high school. He's talked a little about. He went up to Des Moines with me the day before, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe doing doing a triathlon. This seems like something that would be pretty neat. But yeah, he's similar type of deal. The lessons of you know daily putting in the work. You know, he's he's training for the first soccer season of high school and. He knows he has to put in the work every single day and it makes the, the small, the small changes that will allow him to do the things that he wants to do. So I, I do see that in his growth goals, but both of my boys. Well, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate your story, Nick. It's just, uh, you know, there's a ton to learn from that and to just help us get any of us through the tough days. There's going to be tough days where, looking across that water looks scary, but you know, you got through it and it reminds us that if we just keep pushing forward a step at a time, we can get through anything. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'd love to meet you all. And if there's anything I can do to help, 
please let me know. And uh, I really appreciate the time. All right. Well, we'll see you out there uh, running the neighborhood, Nick, and uh, stay cool. It's hot these days, but uh, just keep moving forward. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend.